You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. Attention, self-employed professionals and business owners. Are rising healthcare costs weighing you down? Well, it's time to make a change. Introducing Impact Healthcare, your path to savings. With us, you can save up to 50% on your monthly healthcare expenses. Our flexible plans are designed to fit your needs, and our usually friendly app puts healthcare in the palm of your hand. Join the thousands who have already made the switch to Impact Healthcare and take control of your healthcare costs today. If you're interested, click the link in the bio of this episode and give yourself a free quote to see for yourself the amazing savings that you can get with Impact Healthcare. Hey. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold this down. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren. I am the host of the Will Power Podcast. Today, our special guest is actually Daniel Giles. And Daniel is a sales leader, and he's actually the founder of Alpha Army. And on top of that, guys, he specializes in solar roofs and insurance, and he is absolutely crushing it in those spaces at such a young age. So with that being said, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Will, man. I'm excited to hop on Willpower with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I've heard a lot about you, especially from Rio. I just had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So he had a lot of high praise for you and everything you've done at such a young age, which is just such an inspiration for all of us kind of out here, you know, kind of looking in onto your story. Um, so with that being said, man, I'm glad we could finally get this together. We had some issues timing it, but we finally got it here. Yeah, it um, only took us four times. Yeah, exactly. Four so, times the charm this time, hopefully. <laughs> that's right, four times the charm. Um, so to get started, I kind of want to jump into your story a little bit. So kind of talk me through your childhood, what that was like, and how has that helped you turn into who you are today? Yeah, man. Um, I have a kind of a, a wild story. It's it's a roller coaster. Like a lot of people that found have found success at a young age, I had to go through a, a lot of adversity, but the funny thing is, is I was actually really blessed with like an amazing family. I was blessed with, um, you know, parents still together to this day. I always describe them as still being on their honeymoon, um, devout Christians, you know, very, very firm on their faith. And so I was raised on really good, you know, morals and standards. And I, and I knew, um, I really, I, I knew the answers, like the basic answers in life. Like we know the difference between right and wrong. And I, I think that that foundation has been really what's like shaped me as I've gotten older and older. And I've gone through these different adversities, like my foundation that my parents taught me. Um, I, I'll give them the, I'll give them all the credit for the attributes that I have that have made me successful. And so the funny thing is, is that I was, um, I was, I was definitely the most different out of, out of all my siblings. And so growing up, I was definitely the social one. I was kind of the, the mischievous one. I was getting in trouble, but I always wanted to meet people. I always wanted to go above and beyond. Um, and I was the only one out of my family that was like, really, really just loved people and communicating with people. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, I always knew that I wanted to be in sales. I always knew that I had like a bigger calling. I always knew that I was meant for something bigger. I had such an amazing foundation that, um, it, it was interesting. I wasn't raised on like, I wasn't raised on money. I wasn't raised on like really currency being evident in our, in our family. We were very low income. And so 
I just always recognized that that was, that was not what I wanted to raise my kids around. I didn't want to raise my kids around not being able to do the things that they wanted to do, take them to places they wanted to do, accomplish the things that they wanted. So I just remember in the back of my head, ever since the time I was like a little kid, I've been telling my, my parents, like, one day I'm going to retire you guys. One day I'm going to be the one that's different in this family. I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that changes the landscape of this, of this family for generations moving forward. And uh, yeah, so when you asked me about my childhood, it, it was amazing. Um, I was blessed to, to grow up on a big, big property, have uh, to the point where we had a family business that basically took care of us to where we didn't need to worry about a lot of the, a lot of the things people struggle with in society when, when they're low income. So surrounded by family and, and loved ones. But once I got into college, I kind of messed everything up and kind of threw me for a whole roller coaster. But yeah, but yeah, as far as my childhood had an amazing foundation. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's, uh, it's cool to hear you as well talk about your parents and all the values that kind of passed down onto you. And that's how that's um, shaped you into who you are today. So um, kudos to that. We'll make sure your parents can listen to this episode they, so they can see, see all the praise you're giving them on that end of things, which is, which yeah. is awesome. Dude, right before this podcast, you know, right before this podcast, me and Steve were just talking about it. We were talking about like when you have amazing parents like that and, and you start off with that foundation, oftentimes those are the ones that make the biggest mistakes and they go wrong because I've noticed that the people that have like the best family lives, oftentimes, like they don't know how good it is until they lose it. And that's kind of what I experienced in my life. Like I had, you know, I had certain parameters and borders that I stayed within. And once I got a little bit of my own personal freedom, you know, I had all these things that were instilled in me. But as soon as I got a taste of, you know, that forbidden fruit or, you know, away from the things that I had grown up on, I was like, okay, well, I've never experienced this before. And, and that's where I started to kind of go down a really, really bad path that, you know, thankfully I, I went through what I went through to get me to where I am today, but yeah, um, had it not been for the values that my, you know, that I did in my childhood, I would have never really navigated out of the waters that I found myself in when I was in college, getting arrested, you know, going to, going to jail for multiple times, like all those things, like continue to stay in the back of my head to kind of continue to push me through. Like when I was 18, I had literally was looking at a five-year prison sentence, like to go away for, I'm 24 now, I would have just gotten out. Oh my so God all the adversity and the things that stacked up against me. like I, I would continue to make a dumb dumb decision make a dumb mistake and then thankfully you know I, I leaned back on my faith leaned back on my on my values and it was able to to put me in better places and it took me probably three or four or five times to make massive massive mistakes to finally realize that I'm not going to have every opportunity to keep getting away with stuff but um yeah thankfully I was I was able to continue to get a second and a third and a fourth chance and that's why you know my biggest advice for young people that are in sales is it's like dude there's no there's no secrets. There's no handouts. Like it's, this isn't, this isn't, um, you know, this isn't like a, a popularity contest at the end of the day. Like if you have an opportunity in sales with uncapped commissions, if you have the ability to get into an industry like this, you're broken, you're lost and you don't have, you know, the ability to, to find yourself anywhere else. Like sales is an amazing platform that it's, it's really the best return on your investment because it's a return on yourself. And uh, we had just done a video before this talking about like people that get into sales, like they have this ability. It's a language that's developed. It's an art that's learned. And when, regardless of what you've been through, and, and honestly, the people that have been through the most, usually from what I've seen, criminals and felons are usually the best people in sales because they have the highest ambition. They have the highest hustle and they're willing to bet on themselves and go all the way in. And from what I've seen, like guys that get themselves into trouble and find themselves in sales more than not, they actually, they outwork everybody else that's more talented than them. 
And that's, that's the whole saying that, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's not about having a silver tongue or being natural. It's by being able to consistently learn and being able to consistently dial in that language. And by a year, two years into the sales industry, regardless of your successes or not, your consistency and persistency is going to put you in a place that you have, you have a tool that you can take anywhere for the rest of your life. No one can take that away from you. And I, I think that's the most invaluable skill set that somebody can have is the art of communication because the relationships, the places you go, the, the things that you build, you can't do those things if you don't have the ability to communicate with people. And that's why communication is the biggest currency that we have. 100%. And the best way to be good at that, like you're talking about, just go out there and start doing it. So it's not something that you can learn in the classroom. Really, you just got to go out there and take action and kind of learn that trade and learn that skill. And just like you're talking about, anyone can really succeed in sales. Like anyone, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're a recovering addict, if you were in jail, it does not matter. You can still make it work at the end of the day, which is awesome. And you know, you can still set in your story, which is super cool. So I want to dive into that a little bit. So first of all, you had the entrepreneurship bug pretty early on. Obviously you said you just knew you were kind of melt, uh, meant for more at the end of the day. So one, why'd you end up deciding still to go to college? And two, and what kind of derailed you at college and just got you down this bad spiral uh, that obviously almost gave you the five-year jail sentence? Like what happened there? It, it, yeah, I'll start from the beginning. So I think that when I was when I was in college or when I was in high school and I was I was getting ready to graduate, I, I actually got a really severe concussion and I, I forgot the majority of my childhood, about 75 to 80% of, of what happened at 10 years old. And I didn't remember anything. And wow. so it kind of just changed the dynamic because I had to relearn math. I had to relearn English. I had to relearn history at the age of 17. And I had really a year and a half before I went to college. And I was a failing student. I was a C and D student. I was not good. I was not diligent. I was distracted by girls and sports and pretty much everything but homework. And so when, I guess when it really hit me is my parents told me, they were like, look, if you, you know, before I got that concussion, they're like, look, if you don't turn this around, like you're going to go to community college. And all of my siblings had gone to community college. And for me, I had this stigma in my brain that it was like, dude, if you go to community college, like no offense to people that went to community college, but I was like, you're, I was like, is that, is that failing? Cause I was like, none of, none of my parents' kids are going to go to a university. And so the biggest thing was, is I kind of wanted to show my parents like, Hey, look, I, like I'm meant for more. And I wanted to prove my point. I kind of had this huge chip on my shoulder. Like I was always the skinniest. I was always the smallest. I was never the fastest. I was never the smartest, but I always had this chip on my shoulder to like win and prove my value in every point in my life. And uh, almost, you know, almost to a detriment, but I would say that hunger inside of me is what got me excited to go to college and um, attack a communications degree. I really wanted to be on, you know, on sports and broadcasting. That was my passion. And I wanted to prove to everybody that I was, you know, I was going to amount to some really big things. But as I got into, you know, as I got into college or as I was getting ready to go on to college, all I, all I focused on at that point. So I was taking all my classes at home, teaching myself, getting better grades than I'd ever had. I hated teachers. I had this weird superiority complex. I couldn't listen to authority. And so I, I started just training, teaching myself everything, got better grades than ever, and uh, was blessed with the opportunity to, to get a scholarship to end up going to university. And um, it's funny because, you know, the saying, like, you never know what you have until it's gone. I, you know, it was a big deal. Like, my, my family being able to help me out or get, get me into a school it was expensive. And, uh, you know, not, not all of my siblings had that same opportunity. And what's funny is I, two weeks in, I, I get a, uh, <laughs> two weeks in, I basically, I get a furlough. And so they're like, Hey man, like they, they email my parents. They're like, he just got caught up in some stuff. Like, you know, he, he's, he's, he's suspended for the first week of school basically. So we get there a week early, the second week of like, you get there a week early to move in and really it's to party and meet people. And then the second week is week one of school. 
And uh, I remember walking in the second day of my class and I was like, hey guys, uh, I had to go and tell all of my teachers like, hey, I'm, I'm suspended for a week. I'm going to see you in a week. And it was just embarrassing. And then, uh, and I didn't learn my lesson, man. I, I, I was in a, I wanted to get as far away from California and my family as possible. And I just wanted my own freedom and, and to be different. And, and before I knew it, like I was taking it to an extreme, trying to find things that were gratifying me and in, like instant gratification and finding people that I thought, you know, their, their status or this, this and that, and basically just chasing all the wrong things. And before I knew it, like I really was who I surrounded myself with and ended up in jail and ended up getting expelled from a university that, you know, I was blessed to have the opportunity to go to. And it, it was, it was crazy. Cause you know, my dad was in law enforcement. My mom worked at a church at the time uh, wow. and their son's in jail. And it's like, you know, they just took this big bet on me and it was like, I'm sitting on the, on the jail cell floor. And I'm like, dude, I, I just, I ruined everything, man. I just lost everything. I wasted it all. I just remember sitting there being like, how long is this going to be? Like, am I, did I just lose my whole college opportunity? And now not only did I lose that, but I, I don't even have my freedoms anymore. Yeah. And so that was a, that was a painful lesson to learn, but God knew it wasn't just going to take me once. It took me twice. It took me three times um, going through different legal scenarios. By the time I was 20 years old, I'd been arrested three times and been on probation for two and a half years. And uh, it was hard, man. But I, because of that, like I lost so many friendships. I got exiled from a lot of groups and a lot of people turned their back on me or even started posting my mugshot on social media. Like I had this one guy in high school that I went to that was literally made a meme out of my mugshot. And I was like, Hey, I look pretty good in my mugshot. So, but I was pissed, man. I was like, I was like, people are literally like kicking me while I'm down at my lowest right now when I'm the most vulnerable right now. And I'm away from home and all these people back home, all they all they're doing and, and seeing is like all this negative stuff coming back like they're seeing me change as a person on social media and the things I'm posting about and then the next thing they know it's like oh your boy just got arrested and now his mugshot's going viral so that amount of like pain and that amount of hurt like I just remember it was like a back against the wall like a hungry dog situation I was like all right dude this is it like it's you versus you when I was saying earlier like sales has nothing to do with your natural talent I got into life insurance dude any I didn't know what a premium was I different coaches know anything when I first got into it and I hit the ground running like home is I was like this is my opportunity to prove everybody wrong and to get myself one step closer to where I'm going and so I just fell in love with the process uh, and it, it was like a game to me and I want to talk about sports with you in a little bit with what's coming up with the Ryder Cup but do that competition that you have in sales is not just with other people but with yourself to constantly measure your your analytics and getting better every single month like that's something I fell in love with and I was like this is just like hitting, hitting the field, like putting your pads on or going out to, to hit a tee shot. Like you have 18 holes that you're, or, you know, 18 leads or clients that month that you're getting ready to go sit with. And the degree of preparation that you have is going to be what, what either makes you a low, a low earner and, and washes you out of the job, or it puts you on the pedestal to be the number one top earner in your company. And I just remember, I was like, the recognition was what I wanted. I wanted people to tell me that I was like, you know, I was better than the mistakes I had made. And so I have- Man, well, that's a very powerful story. And I think a couple of key takeaways anyway that I've noticed is that one, like your power of association, who you hang out with is so strong, right? It doesn't matter like how strong your morals were coming up. Like when you go to college, like everything shifts. You know what I mean? That's on your own now. You got to find your own group of people now that still have the same beliefs. And um, like, it's so powerful. Like I've seen that happen in my own college. Like people have come in here and this complete change by the time they're senior year, just because they're who, who they're hanging out with and what they're doing on the side. So- um, you just really got to be careful 
uh, like who you really do associate yourself with because yep. you really do turn into people that are like you. Um, so I'm glad you shared that story with us and, um, going back to sure. that. So, I mean, you got, you got expelled, right. You, and then you're on the jail, you're on the jail cell floor, right. And you're like, man, like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> so after that, dude, like, like, how do yeah. you, how do you recover from that? How do you, you know, separate yourself from those group of people that got you there in the first place? You know what I mean? Change your whole identity again to back to who you kind of were before that whole situation happened. You know what I mean? And kind of get back on your feet. So yeah, dude, I, I was blessed. Like I had God on my side, regardless of what I was doing, he still had my back. And I can say that with confidence because I got together with my girlfriend a day before I got arrested. So wow. I get together with her on the six, you know, 15, 16th, and then the 17th, I get arrested, February 17th of 28. <laughs> you know, she's like, what? I just met this guy. I just started dating this guy. And, and you know, we had been hanging out for two weeks straight arrest and so as soon as i got out like she was like hey I, i'm not doing long distance with you she's like so because i i lost my basically i lost my my apartment on campus i lost my you know my my scholarship and so they kicked me out of the school and i had no place to go and so i was like shoot all these friends i just made over the last nine months all these relationships i have uh, all these things that i enjoy doing like back into my parents house and imagine going from having like all the freedoms in the world and you get it because you're in college right now you have all these freedoms you can make all of your own decisions and then boom you feel like you're back to being 16 years old again even though you're you know, you've been through all these different things, but now you're like back to square one. And I was like, dude, I really just blew it. Like I'm back to working at Chick-fil-A. And I was like, I was, I was like excited to work on my degree so I could be on TV. And now I'm working at Chick-fil-A again. And so my girlfriend, she's like, Hey, I'm not doing long distance with you. You got to figure out a job to, to move back out here. Otherwise, like this isn't going to work out. And what's funny is that was actually the motivating factor to getting me to wow. get into sales. Cause she's like, Hey, my dad's been in life insurance for 25 years and he runs over 700 offices all over the country. He's an executive. And so I hit him up. He's like, yeah, man, this is a, this is a great industry to get into. Just so happened. She'd gone to a party with someone whose brother was hiring. And so she sends me this link and she's like, Hey, my friend just posted this six figure positions. And so I'm like going from hustling and, and, you know, selling my stuff and making good money, doing it illegally to, Oh, I now have an opportunity to go sling and hustle and do it legally and ethically. And I can move back to Arizona, be around my people. I was like, let's do it. So I, uh, I, I, I DM this guy and I ask him for an opportunity. I'm like, Hey man, I'm not going to let you down. I'm hungry. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes. I will literally stick by your side and you teach me everything. And I'm going to be the most coachable, teachable, humble, confident person that you ever bring on. And I was like, and I'll prove, and I'll prove it to you. So he's like, all right, I'm going to give you one chance. He, he schedules this, uh, this interview for me at 10 o'clock on a Friday or on a, on a Saturday on a Saturday morning. So I drive all the way out to Phoenix and I party super hard on that Friday night. I sleep in and I miss my interview. Oh. <laughs> I sleep in and I miss my interview and I wake up at like 11 all groggy eyed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I blew it. And I text the guy, call him. I'm freaking out. He's not answering me. And he responds to me like an hour later. And he's like, Hey dude, last chance. I'll see you at six o'clock. And I was like, all right, I get there. And there's literally 30 people there. Everyone's wearing like full suits and shit. I'm like, what am I doing? I am like so over my head right now. I'm, this is like out of my league. And uh, I, I told my girlfriend, hey, just wait in the car. It's just gonna be a 30 minute interview. Four hours later, they're like, all right, out of 30 people, you, you made it to the last two. We're gonna bring you in to meet the regional manager and see if this is a good fit. And uh, and yeah, man, ended up ended up being able to get that position and and realizing that that company actually really needed to hire people and they were just playing this whole exclusive exclusivity play with me. I was like, man, you guys really actually needed to hire I me. Mean, you needed people. But um, at that time, I was like, this is crazy. I just got hired out of 30 people. Like, you know, they made it, they made it like the biggest deal in the world. And I thought I had just like hit the, hit the lottery. And I did. 
And uh, what's funny is in 2020 hindsight, like the company was horrible and the commission was horrible and the incentives were horrible and the leadership was not there. But uh, what I ended up learning is I was like, dude, this is like, I didn't know any of that stuff at the time. I was so green into it. I didn't know how business worked. I didn't know how leadership or mentorship or having, you know, a, a boss that's not a boss that's really just like your upline like the dynamic of it was very interesting and so I got manipulated a ton and I got lied to a ton and and that's the sad thing about the sales industry is you see so many guys that are like broken and that's like the only place that they have to go to is either the illegal route or going to sales and then they get into sales and they're already so broken and the next thing that happens is their company lies to them and screws them and the company does it because they're just another number and before you know it like these companies are just washing people, guys that put their heart and soul into these opportunities. They're just getting lied to and utilized like they're just another number. And so that's like, as I started to learn more and more and I started to become more aware, that's where my passion came from, from being able to start something like Alpha Army right now that started as Alpha Life Group that went to Alpha Sales Group that's now Alpha Army is the goal was always to be an alpha in the room because have a group of alphas do sales and a group together right it's pretty simple and then when it was alpha life it was to, to sell life insurance but to live an alpha life as a group and a unit together and as it developed into alpha army it was like alphas are the are the leaders they're the wolves and the pack that lead from the front right and and they also got a they have a lone wolf in the back too making sure the front and you have that same hunger and you share that same tenacity with a group of people that's how you can go a long way. That saying that, you know, alone, you can go so you, you can only go so far, but together you can go, you know, I don't know how that saying goes, but what is it alone? You can only go so far, but together you can, there's no limit or something like that. Something and that's like true. That. And so what I realized is I was like, I, I, yeah, something like that. And I realized I was like, dude, there's so many people that are misrepresented in this industry. If I don't take my position in my platform as a young person and stand up for other young people, like, it's going to happen to everyone else. And for me, it wasn't an option to go quit when I got lied to or I didn't get paid. So I, I was just taking punches to the face, like not getting my bonus, not getting paid, getting lied to. And it was like, all right, just like take it to the mouth and keep going on to the next one. It was like, there's no choice. Like you, but what's funny is people now, like they get into these opportunities and their biggest limiting factor is, well, the two biggest limiting factors is number one, they, they act like they're perfectionists and they get into this job and they're like, well, the commission isn't high enough and the, and the culture is not good enough and the leadership's not good enough and the, and the incentives aren't good enough. And I'm like, dude, what were you doing before this? Taco Bell? I was like, you can get upset about a $200 commission or you can go and hustle and make six figures a year and you can sit here and complain about it or you can go make it happen. And then the second thing is, is people have like this, uh, what do they call it? This, this, uh, this complex where they're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to start, I'm going to get going. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit. And they just keep telling themselves that they, that they can't start because they're too overwhelmed by the, by how much there is to take in. And they start to, to think that it's a bigger thing than it really is instead of just eating it bite by bite. And the ability to just attack something blindly is what puts yesterday. His girlfriend just got a tattoo of her, uh, of his name they've been dating for like two or three weeks now i saw that and yeah. uh he's like dude i i love people like that. like he's like you saw that right and he's like i've been dating this girl for two weeks and she has her best friends cutting her off her family telling her that she made a huge mistake and people blocking her and talking all this crap and she's like he's like at the end of the day she didn't care she's like dude me and wes we're in this thing together i got his i got his name tatted on my face because because whatever man like we're, we're going full force i'm not even thinking with a doubt in my mind and he's like, dude, she's not, 
some chola that's just getting tattoos on her face. Like she's, she's a badass. Like she's a high net worth entrepreneur that she got my, obviously that's a little bit of extreme example. I don't want my girl getting my name tatted on her face, but, but being able to find people, being able to find people in a group, especially young people that have the same common goal, have the same common denominator of that hungry, that chip on their shoulder. And then being able to show them like, it's not just the money, it's the opportunity of being able to become a better person. And through becoming a better person in sales, through becoming a better communicator, you're always going to be successful and you'll never go hungry. And it might not be what you want. It might not be what you think it looks like. It might not be how fast you want it. But I promise you, if you stick to it and you stay humble and you and you continue to be teachable, like you're going to come out on the other end better than you were before. And And that's, I'll stand on that till the day I die. My biggest thing that I'm happy that happened in my life is me making all those mistakes put me in a position to go through all that trouble with all things and take in all that pain and turn it around into some respect being able to be an owner and you know and even guys older than me that have never had an opportunity like this they're not going to jive with someone that's that you know that just treats them like another employer number they want to come into something where they're understood and where people understand so like it has to be like a heart-to-heart thing and that's why alpha army is such an amazing amazing opportunity is we're not just hiring guys and putting them in training and then sending them out to the field like it's a relationship and it's it's us trying to continue to keep them within the company so that we can develop their financial literacy so that we can help them create passive income through other investments um, not just bringing them on so that we can make money off of our guys. And I think that one thing that really sticks out and is evident with us compared to a lot of the other companies that are out there is most people are just a number and they'll be nice to you and smile as long as you're producing and making the money. The second you go through something in your personal life, you're cut, man. And that's why it's so important to like really understand and have your guys' back and really care about your people. Because if you don't care about you, they're just going to go jump to the next opportunity that has a higher commission. There's no value in what you're offering and you're just going to keep walking out your crew, out your company until you develop relations with your people to give them the staying power to actually be a part of something. And I think that's the big thing a lot of sales organizations are are kind of forgetting is that if you can empower people to understand if they stick with this and they're and they become an impactful part of the program, that there's longevity and they're going to be taken care of forever. And most people are like, if I can get enough people to work for me hard enough and long enough, I'm going to be successful forever. And I think it's just a, it's a, it's a big mental switch that you need to understand that when you focus on other people above profit, the profits are going to be more than, more than it ever was prior when you were just focused on profits. Yeah, absolutely. You got to help other people reach and, and hit their own goals before you hit your own goals. So I love that. And also it just goes back to the basic principle that relationships really do matter. You know what I mean? You're so right when people will jump from a commission job to a higher commission job. And you're right. Like you got to actually be there for them and actually care about them rather than just expecting the bonus you get for helping them like do what they're doing. So I actually love what you mentioned about that um, as well. And yeah, I mean, I saw that tattoo on uh, Wes's girlfriend's head. I'm like, man, that is extreme, but there's something, there's something really cool about people that just like jump into things, you know what I mean? Just get, just get enough of it, jump into it and just follow through with it. So I love that whole aspect of it. And like I said, I've, I put some people in my college like into sales opportunities around here and they're all excited. Right. And then like a week later, they just end up quitting or they end up getting discouraged or something like that. And it's yeah, just, dude, that's why I have, my, I have my own tattoo right here. <laughs> Sorry, go uh, ahead. You kind of cut out a little bit. So I missed you. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely right, man. And it's, there's so many few people out there that just jump into things like to get analysis paralysis for the most part, 
where like you're right they don't just take it one bite at a time they want to get the whole thing at once and it's just it's just not how it works like you're just not going to be successful if you if you live your whole entire life like that so that's my big takeaway from what you just said anyway yeah, yeah it's, it's funny it's the same thing with clients like the clients that i go and i sit with that have the most opinions are usually the ones that have the least amount of money yeah and i'm like you have the most conspiracy theory most opinions the most like cryptic thinking but you have the least amount of money and the people that like that like that other uh, you've probably seen it. it's like when you ask a, a when you ask a low level the low level net worth person for five thousand dollars they send you the questions before they do it and, and they won't commit you ask a high level net worth person to send you fifty thousand dollars and they'll be like done that's the difference like you make money so that you can spend money so that you can reinvest money not so that you can hold on to it and have a scarcity mindset and um I mean, it just comes from people's background. Like when you live a life of abundance and you start to realize that like you make money to spend money to reinvest into other people and it's it's a tool, it's not something that you can hoard. And I think people put their value in money as opposed to like what you can get from generating that money. It, it's different. Um, it's just a different way of thinking. And most young people like that get into sales too that actually do find some success. The, the other thing that drives them out so quickly and really prohibits their growth and their ability is they make a little bit of money, turn around and they go and spend it and they come back and now they don't have any money. And then they hit, they hit a lull. Like we all do. We all have highs and lows, but they started off on a hot streak. So they make a ton of money. They think this is the new standard. They go and spend it all. They come back and now they're not doing as well. And now what do they do? They blame it on the company. They blame it on the leadership. They blame it on their situation instead of being like, Hey, you know what? Let me take responsibility. This is my fault. And I was the one that should have made it happen. And I should have saved and I should have set aside money and I should have invested. And now I find myself burnt down. And I can't tell you, dude, how many relationships have been burnt to the ground. People I brought into opportunities and I taught them a tool that they're, they're never going to like, they're never going to lose the tool that I taught them for the rest of their life. And they hate me. They hate me because they made a decision. They made a mistake, or there was something that happened in our relationship where they didn't make the money that they wanted to make. And because it didn't go the way that they wanted, they turned around and they blame me. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. It's, it's like, wow, there's so many people in this industry right now they point all these fingers at people for all, all the negatives and all the failure. That's my fault. Like you're going to become way better from it. What happens is though, is they jump and they jump and they jump and that, and you see these pirates all over the industry that have been in eight different companies in the last three years. And it's like, well, no wonder you're not successful. No wonder, like you, you, you can't find any leader that can lead you. You can't find anybody that you'll listen to. You can't find anybody that you drive with. You don't like any commission structure. It's a you thing. It's not, it's, it's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. Yeah. And, um, Obviously, there's horrible sales organizations that are out there, but right. even in the worst sales organization, and you can make a lot of money, it's, it, but it boils down to like, what kind of person are you? Are you a quitter or are you a winner? And winners only, you know, winners never quit and quitters never win. The reason that's a saying is because you got to go through all the bullshit in order to get it through the other side. And that's just life 101. And when you understand that in sales, it gives you that confidence. It gets rid of that anxiety to understand like, hey, if I just keep getting this every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to predict the future because I know my preparation has prepared me for success. I know my numbers. I know my analytics. I know, I know when I go into 10 appointments, I'm closing this many and I'm making this much. Now I don't have to worry about leads or about clients or about conditions or situations. Now I can just go be me and I can just do my thing. And now I'm just worried about the only thing I'm thinking about is just getting better. That's it. Not all the other outside circumstances that I can't change. Once I can understand that it's just what I can control, everything else in life is going to become a lot simpler for me. I love that. You just got to look in the mirror sometimes and there's the answer. Um, so before, before we run out of time, I just have a couple more questions for you. So obviously, dude, you're 24. You founded Alpha Army with Rio Zorio, obviously. And you guys are just absolutely crushing it, especially you at such a young age. 
Um, so with that being said, like going forward, like, like what are the main goals that you want to get done for you personally in the next couple of years? And what do you hope to see with Alpha Army going forward in the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I think what we're doing right now with the, the, the roofing, the solar and the public adjusting, it's really, it's a blue ocean in this industry. It's really, it's, it's a, it's a competition eliminator, if you will, because it's such a diverse gateway into the customer's house. It's such a different barrier than most other reps or most other companies are seeing with their product and service. So I think for us, it's uh, as we expand and as we continue to scale into different states, and we've got some really big things coming up that we're going to announce here shortly, but as we continue to scale in other states, it's just duplicating our program, being able to have a sales force with a duplicatable process and system, um, and then being able to collaborate with other big roofing contractors. But really, like no one in the industry is doing our program, getting roofs covered through insurance, doing the, doing the roof themselves with a contracting company, and then taking all the out-of-pocket costs through solar. No one's doing that. So I think the goal with Alpha Army is to continue to uh, make our presence known in the states that we're moving, make a national presence, um, and be able to develop and build multiple opportunities for people that's not just one avenue. We have multiple different types of avenues that if you come in, it's not one fit, you know, one fit fits all. Um, it's it's not it's not cookie cutter. So we have so many opportunities. I think the biggest thing that would that that I'm excited for is the impact that we're gonna have in all the different communities that we have because this is a different type of opportunity that people can make a ton of money a lot simpler than they can in any other company. And it's the same exact skill set. It's just a multi, it's a multiplier of what they can get anywhere else because of the way that we built it. So my biggest goal, being able to scale into multiple other states uh, over the next two years, five, six locations. And then as Alpha Army continues to grow, continue to build a national presence, continue to build a podcast that can inspire and motivate other young people um, and create a platform that people can uh, relate with and that they can jive with and they can feel like they're part of something bigger so that when they come in it's not just you're another number you're another employee it's like you are part of the family you're part of the team and you only go as far as the team or you're only going to go as far as the team goes and so that is exciting I think there's a lot of people out there that need leadership that need a, need systems and processes in their life to be able to turn around their situation and they have all of the right answers they grew up knowing right and wrong. They just need to have a mentor and a leader or a company that has their best interest in mind to help push that needle because inevitably it's going to help the company and it's going to help the representative develop a better brand and a better lifestyle. And that's what it's all about is yeah. being able to give unlimited opportunities to reps. Yeah. I love that, man. And I think that is so important, especially going forward in today's world. I think so many people out there, especially younger people are just confused, man. And like, they just need entrepreneurship leaders out there to really just help them and guide them in the right direction going forward. And it's, you can clearly see just people around you, man, like everything going in the world, it's just, it's scary. And so if we don't do it, like no one else will, you know what I mean? So we got to be the ones to step yeah. up at the end of the day. Exactly. My biggest advice to young people, dude, is to find a leader, find a mentor. Like I found Rio and I had a lot of different mentors, mentors before him that um, I was really just a, a source of income. And so they didn't care about my personal development as much as they cared about making money off of me, which is funny because it's hand in hand. Um, but Rio was the first mentor that actually wasn't in sales directly. Like he had a, a company that did millions of a month in sales, but he wasn't in sales. You know what I mean? And so to have somebody that had a different perspective and a different outlook on life, but also shared the same values that I grew up on. Um, it kind of brought me back down to earth and put me back on the right path because I found somebody and that's a big thing, man, is people want to go be around people that look cool and make a lot of money. But then they then when, once they do so, they're 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 throwing away everything that they've worked for. They're throwing away basically their soul and their beliefs. 
And when you can find somebody and you can say, I'm not going to shift who I am. I'm not going to change my morals and standards and what I believe in. I'm going to go find somebody that believes and aligns with the same things that I do. You're going to go so much farther together. But the second thing is, is just finding a mentor that actually genuinely cares about you. And guess what? I'm not afraid to say it. Find someone that makes money off of you that genuinely cares about you and, and aligns with you. If you have someone that overrides you or you work for a company where they obviously are going to make profit off of you, it's not a bad thing. And when I first got into sales, I was like, dude, like these people are making money off of me. Like I feel gypped. Well, it's like, no, the, the whole reason that you have mentors is so that you can grow something together. Like the, the teacher appears when the student's ready and then the, the teacher disappears when the student's really ready. And that's a saying. And the reason is, is because you need someone to be coupled with you and, and to hold your hand through that process to develop you and to get you to your own, um, to get you to where you need to be, because you're only going to go as far as your personal development and you don't know it all. So if that mentor can, and, you know, employ all of his beliefs and all of his lessons and things that he's learned onto you, you can avoid all of those different mistakes. And, and literally, uh, I don't know what the word is, but you can go a million times faster by being able to have somebody in your corner that cares, that can share that life experience, but you have to be teachable first. And most people, they think they know it all, which is funny because they're young and like me, like our age, and people think they know it all. And it's like, well, what life experience do you have to show for it other than a big ego and no success? And people are like, well, I can figure it out. Well, no, you got to humble yourself. And if it means making less money right now, the return is going to be greater in the future. Yeah. And uh, that's a big piece of advice, man. People want to go to the highest commission jobs that are out there. What you're going to find when you go to high commission jobs is little support. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's okay to take smaller commissions, more support, more leadership, more stability, more structure, um, because that's that's what's going to keep you going instead of as opposed to burning out and being yeah. by yourself and fighting on an island like a rogue little pirate, you know? Yeah. Absolutely, dude. And that right there is the golden ticket. Because if you can find someone in your life, just like how you found Rio, I actually have that person in my life as well. Like if you can find someone like that in your life, that's how you find meaningful employment. That's how you have a meaningful career 20 years later. You know, that's how you find the meaningful people that will all just come to your life at the right time, the right moment. Right. But it starts by finding that right person to help you get that next stepping stone into your life. So I love you brought that up. Um, so before we hop off, man, there's gonna be a lot of people saying, you know, I listen to this podcast. I love this guy, Daniel Giles. How do I go out there and how do I find this man? So how can people that are listening to this go out there and reach you? Two, two or three ways to find me. The first one is on Instagram. It's, it's a T H E. So the Daniel Giles, Giles is spelled with a, with a J it's like miles, but with a J. So the Daniel Giles or check out, uh, official alpha army on Instagram, official dot alpha dot army. It's all spelled the way that it's spelled. Uh, traditionally is what I mean. Uh, um, and go check out Rio.Osorio as well. He he obviously is the mentor that put me in the place that I am right now. And without him, you know, I, I wouldn't be nearly where I am today. So you should give him a follow, give Alpha Army a follow. And, and obviously, if you ever hit me up, you DM me, I'm more than happy to take the time out of my day and get on a phone call, help assist you. And even if it's not with our company, um, you know, I, I would love to be able to impact other people's lives that are in a similar position, whether it's together or it's separate. I would love to be a part of that. So feel free to DM me, feel free to message me, reach out. I think my phone number is linked to my bio. So um, everybody's family, as long as we, uh, as long as we can communicate amicably, I'm, I'm always down to, to help people out. Awesome. All right, guys, there you have it. Daniel Giles, thank you so much for joining. And hey, you want to go talk some shit? I'll take that too. You want to go talk some shit on my page? I'll take it. Let's do it. I'm all here I for it. it. Let's go, baby. It's all good. We're in the DM. <laughs> I love it. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you, Will, for having me on today, brother. It was a, it was an absolute pleasure. No way that we go is a one way street. Nothing that we love is a one day key. And if we gon' do it, we gon' do this now. And if we say we gonna, we gon' hold it.